So last week, we talked about functions in a chart, what some of the functions were and why they're, how they're used and what they're used for. <coughs> and this week, we're going to talk about spiritual gifts. I apologize. Uh, kind of in the same way. We're going to be in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 1 through 11. So if you've got a Bible or a phone or, I don't know, an iPad or I don't know, a watch that you can pull it up on, however you want to pull it up. <coughs> While you do that, I'm going to grab a little water. I'm really excited about this morning as we look at spiritual gifts. Uh, because we're going to do it in a slightly different way. We're going to look at the spiritual gifts, but then we're going to look at why the spiritual gifts are given, like I said. We're going we're gonna to ask that question because I think that's a really important question in understanding how to use the gifts that God gave us is to understand why he gave them. So let's read 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 1 through 11. Now concerning spiritual gifts, brothers and sisters, I do not want you to be unaware. You know that when you were pagans, you used to be enticed and led astray by mute idols. Therefore, I want you to know that no one speaking by the Spirit says Jesus is cursed, and no one speaking by the Spirit says Jesus is Lord. Now, there are different gifts, but the same Spirit. There are different ministries, but the same Lord. And there are different activities, but the same God works all of them in each person. A manifestation of the Spirit of, of wisdom is given through the Spirit. To another, the message of knowledge by the same spirit. To another, faith by the same spirit. To another, gifts of healing by one spirit. To another, performing of miracles. To another, prophecy. To another, distinguishing between spirits. To another, different kinds of tongues. To another, interpretation of tongues. One and the same spirit is active in all these, distributing to each person as he wills. For just as there is one body has many parts, oh, sorry, I was stopping at 11. Part two. Um, I want us to pray real quick, and I want us to do the praying uh, kind of a different way. We're just going to be quiet for about 15 seconds, and I want you to pray. Just that God would open your eyes to whatever it is he wants you to see and hear, and then I'll pray for us together. Lord Jesus, we want... That is what we want more than anything else. I thank you that you give us gifts. I thank you that you call us to service. But the end of the matter is that we want you. We want to see you. We want you to be magnified. We want to see you move in our lives and the lives of our family. So as we go and look at your word today, would you help us see you clearly? And then if we can see you clearly, then we can be able to spot you a little bit better as you move in our lives. Lord Jesus, we love you, and we praise you. Amen. As, as we look at the, the, the gifts, one of the first things that we notice is that there's different gifts. There's, there's one spirit, one Lord, but there's a bunch of different gifts. Can we bring up the slide that has the gifts on it? Um, I don't know if you can see them. It's kind of fuzzy. That's my bad. Um, but trust me, they're there. If you don't, you don't have your glasses on, that's your problem. I'm sorry. Uh, there's, there's two websites. I'm going to give you just one of them. It's called Gifts Test. That's gifts with an S, test.com. It's really helpful. Uh, when we look at the spiritual gifts, and we'll just leave that up for a few minutes, what we see is there's, there's different gifts, right? There are 
they're different. And, and one thing to notice about the gifts is they're not superpowers. All right? So, like, uh, it's a little fuzzy, but, like, flying is not on the list. Uh, the spiritual gift of invisibility doesn't exist. Uh, those things aren't on there. What we have is things like administration, apostleship, craftsmanship, which is one of my favorites. Miracles, pastor, shepherd, teacher, prophets of service, healing, helps, faith, giving, intercession, hospitality, word of knowledge, leadership, mercy, all these things. These are different gifts that the Spirit gives. Right? He gives them as he wills. They're different ministries, but it's the same God over all of these things. Different manifestations but one common goal. They're not superpowers. They're, they're, they're different gifts that are given to people within the church so that we can work together to accomplish one thing. I was watching um, football last Sunday. I think it was last Sunday. I have no concept of time. And I was noticing that uh, one of the defensive linebackers like, could have easily done something, but he didn't because his job, that's right, that's how I felt when he didn't intercept the ball. But that wasn't his job. His job, his goal, his, his, his task on the team was to get to the quarterback. And so he didn't see the things happening behind him. That was somebody else's job. As the church, we all have different gifts, different strengths, different things that we're supposed to do. But that's because that's who God has called us to be. And that brings us to the first thing we need to look at is, is comparisons. Comparisons in the world are bad. Comparisons in the church are toxic and death. We don't need to worry about comparison. There's, there's different churches all over Amarillo. There's different Christians all over the country. And everybody has a different gift for a different calling that God has called them to. The, one of the worst things we can do as believers, as followers of Jesus, is look to somebody else and go, well, look how they're using their gift. And who cares? That's not your problem. Romans tells us that don't worry about another servant. He, has to, he or she has to report back to their own master. God's called different people, different churches, different Christians to different things for the common good of the kingdom. We have to be kingdom-minded people, not so much uh, individual-minded people, right? When we start to look and see that God has called this church over here to do this thing again, we've said it before, we can rejoice and celebrate because of what God is doing. He's called them to a mission, and we celebrate that. And then we can look and say, God, what are you calling us to? And we look at the gifts that God's given us internally, and we start to celebrate as the gifts that God's given us here. And here's the next part with that is everyone gets a spiritual gift because there are no extras in the church. It's, it's real easy sometimes to think, well, again, this is the problem with comparisons, is, is look at what, you know, so-and-so is doing. Brother John over there, he's got all these gifts, and he's doing all these things, and I'm just over here sweeping floors. Well, maybe that's what you're doing at the moment, but everybody has a spiritual gift or gifts because there are no extras in the church. If, if you are a follower of Christ, then he has given you gifts. Romans chapter 12, verse 3 says, By the grace given to me, I tell everyone among you not to think of himself more highly than he should think. Instead, think sensibly. As God has distributed a measure of faith to each one. 1 Corinthians 7, 7. I wish that all people were as I am, but each has his own gift from God. Each person has the gift, or one person has this gift, another has that. 
1 Corinthians 12, 7, a manifestation of the Spirit is given to each person for the common good. 1 Corinthians 12, 11, one in the same Spirit is active in all these, distributing to each person as he wills. 1 Peter 4, 10, just as each one has received a gift, use it to serve others as good stewards of the very grace of God. I could go on and on. The Bible wants us to really understand. If you are a son or daughter of the king, you have gifts. He has given you things because he loves you, because he's got a mission for you. If you believe that Jesus is the Lord, that he has risen from the dead, you have spiritual gifts. That's it. There's no extras in the church. And, and sometimes I think the problem is, is we're sitting around waiting on God to do something when God's saying, I've given you the gifts I need you to use. I need you to just go ahead and act. A lot of times we're waiting on God to do something and God's saying, I've given you the gifts. Now, could you please just go do what I've asked you to do? There's no extras in the church. <clears throat> so there's three things that we can look at when we look at spiritual gifts. One is that the spiritual gifts are for your good. Right? Being used by God is one of the most amazing feelings in the world. Number two, spiritual gifts are, good for, are given for others' healing. You've been given gifts and called to serve and live near others to bring hope and healing and life to them. And number three, spiritual gifts are given for God's glory. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father in heaven. Matthew 5, 16. Being used by God is one of the most amazing feelings in the world. And when you know that God accepts you and that God has things for you and that God has given gifts for you, it changes everything. I want us to look at uh, Luke chapter 19, verses 5 and 6. It says, uh, when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, hurry and come down because today it is necessary for me to stay at your house. So he, Zacchaeus, quickly came down and welcomed him joyfully. It goes on to talk about how Zacchaeus changed everything about himself. Like he had been a tax collector and he had been ripping people off. And he tells Jesus, no, no, I'm not doing that anymore. I'm going to give half of everything I own away. Like he's just, he's totally changed. Because Zacchaeus understood that he was accepted by Jesus. And instantly Jesus gave him a job to do. He said, I need to go to your house. There's that song my wife taught me. I didn't grow up in church, but she taught me all those cute songs. I'm not going to sing it because I don't want to ruin the mood. Um, but it's uh, Zacchaeus was a wee little man. A wee little man was he. I uh, climbed up in a sycamore tree. Jesus says, I'm coming to your house for tea. There's a lot of rhyming there. Maybe want to help bust out a rap, maybe. Shane, put something together, make a reel. Uh, Zacchaeus was changed because he was called by Jesus. Jesus said, Zacchaeus, I need you. I need to come to your house. And all of a sudden, Zacchaeus was like, everything changes. And we talk about life change and something being life-changing so often, right? Oh, I had this chip. Duncan, it was life-changing. I, I went to this new coffee shop, and it, it was life-changing. Uh, I went, and I, um, you know, I, I got this new job, and it's been life-changing. And those things can be life-changing, and that's fine, but that, that's why we struggle sometimes with understanding that when Jesus calls us and says, you know, Billy, I've called you, you're mine, and I have gifts for you to do, it's not just life-changing. It's a seismic shift of identity transformation because so many of the problems that we as people have are identity problems. Teenagers. Oh, I feel so bad for you guys. Your brains are all over the place, struggling with identity all the time. And let me just encourage you, it doesn't get easier. Don't worry. 
right? No, no, you go up and you get a job, or you go up to college, and then you get a job, and you're like, okay, I know who I am, until somebody does something, and you're like, I don't think they like who I am. So because they don't like who I am, I'm going to change who I am, but at least when I'm around this person, so I can fit in a little bit better. And then you do that with this group over here, and, and all of a sudden, we've got these multiple identities, and we've got DID, and we're running around, and we don't know who we are half the time, when the reality is, is if we would understand who God says that we are, and that he has called us and accepted us, and he loves us, and he desires good things for us, and then that he's given us gifts to use for him, all of a sudden, our identity changes, and none of that stuff matters anymore. You don't start to care who likes you, who doesn't like you. None of that's important. You want to make sure every day, you're like, Jesus, am I pleasing you? Jesus, I know that you're the one who accepts me, that you're the one who desires me. Am I doing right by you? That becomes all that you need, and that becomes your identity. That's the identity that we need. It's for others' healing. So you've been given gifts to share with others to bring hope and healing and life. Can we pull up the uh, list of spiritual disciplines again? Again, they're a little fuzzy, and I apologize, but if you go to giftstest.com, they're all there as well. That's a really good one. It's pretty simple. I I test these things before I tell you guys. Uh, It worked really well. It took me about five, eight minutes. Um, So anyway, if we look at the spiritual gifts, like these lists, what we notice is they're almost always others-focused. Like almost every one of these is focused on other people. Uh, healing, helping, teaching, prophecy, uh, encouragement, uh, discernment, uh, exhortation, like helps. That's an obvious one. Like all these things, teaching, these are all others focused. The gifts are meant to bring hope and healing and, and life to others who are around us. God gives us gifts to bring life and hope and healing to other people. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses, uh, verse 25, the second half says, so that there would be no division in the body but that the members would have the same concern for each other. Galatians chapter 6, verse 2 says, Carry one another's burdens. In this way you will fulfill the law of Christ. We carry other people's burdens, struggles, and issues, and, and help them because we're loved. Again, we've settled our identity issue. I know who I am in Christ Jesus, so I have no problem helping and loving and serving other people. I'm struggling with that all the time. When I say I, just understand, that's like, a, it's like the goal statement. We're given gifts to bring hope and healing and life to other people. But here's, here's the struggle that we have, especially as Americans. There's this time. I'm walking. It's not a long walk. I mean, maybe a stage. Um, I'm walking from the car to the house to bring the groceries in. And I've got, you know, bags. Cause I'm a man, right? I ain't doing two trips. I ain't a sissy. I got bags, like, I, Shane knows what I'm talking about. Like, my, my pinky's losing circulation. You know what I'm talking about? Like, you're like, milk? Gallon of milk? Scoop that up with my pinky, right? I got that going on. I got stuff. I got toilet paper, paper towels under my arms. I'm walking to the house. I'm like a hoarder. And I'm dropping stuff, right? Like, toilet paper's falling out. I got rolls rolling down the street, paper towels all over the place. I'm kicking stuff to the house, mumbling under my breath, stupid, Right? And I hear God clearly speak to me. Uh, You're not supposed to carry it all alone. And I knew what he was talking about. He wasn't talking about the groceries. I knew that's not what he was talking about because I'd been wrestling with this problem of doing a lot of things by myself. And the ministry was, was struggling. 
people around me were, were, I was dropping a lot of things that I didn't even realize I was dropping. I was trying to carry a bunch of things that I was never meant to carry by myself. So God used that moment to remind me that when I decide to do it all by myself, it's not just the sin of pride. I'm stopping others from using the gifts that God has given them. That's, a, that's on me. So when we do that, like when somebody's like, hey, can I help you? You know, like whatever it is. Uh, can I, you know, help you with this, that, or the other thing? You know, let me, uh, can I take you to dinner? You know, like, no, 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 because you don't want to, like, fess up that you, you really, maybe you do want to go to dinner, but you can't afford it right now. What you're doing is you're stopping someone else from using the gift that God has given them. That's a problem. So God's given us these gifts because he wants us to serve and to help and to, to, to nurture the body, to grow to maturity. But we also have to be willing to receive help, and it's not something that I think we're good at, generally speaking. Number three, God's glory. Spiritual gifts are used for God's glory. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father in heaven. God gives us gifts to bring him glory. And we've said it before and we'll say it again. Is God doesn't need glory because it puffs him up and makes him feel good about himself today. That's not why we bring God glory. We bring God glory because it lets us see ourselves rightly when we see him rightly. Right? How many, I, you ever been around a toddler? Toddler, especially a boy toddler, they reach this stage at say maybe three or so where all of a sudden they think they're a man. And I don't know what happened in their tiny little brains to make them think that they were grown all of a sudden. But every once in a while, you got to remind them who they are. Because in doing that, to do that, you remind them who you are. And all of a sudden, that little kid goes, oh, I have made a mistake. I shall now return to my toys. <laughs> when we see God rightly, we see ourselves rightly. Yet you do not know what tomorrow will bring, what your life will be, for you are like a vapor that appears for a little while and then vanishes. James 4, 14. It's easy to think day in and day out, especially when you've got gifts, especially when you start to embrace the gifts that God's given you, that all of a sudden you're grown. I can do this. I, I can we are all, what, generally one, two paychecks away from being homeless. You woke up this morning by the glory, because of the glory of God that he allowed you to wake up this morning. You, you got a job because Jesus gave you a job. I used to do construction. And um, I was really new to the faith. Guy kept calling me a holy roller. I didn't know if that was a compliment or not. Turns out it's not. <laughs> Whatever. I almost got a tattoo. And I, I would have felt ridiculous. But anyway, we were talking, and I'm, I'm sitting there at lunch one day, and I don't know, I'm eating a ham sandwich or whatever it is. Um, and I'm eating, and I you know, close my eyes, say a little prayer. Just thank Jesus for the food I have. And he was like, why do you do that? Why do you, why do you pray before you eat? I said, because I'm thanking God for what I have. And he goes, I don't, I don't pray, especially before I eat, because I did this. I had this job. I did the bidding. I did the work. This is all me. And I said, only because he lets you breathe. Like, that's it. Right? When we understand who God is, we understand who we are. King Nebuchadnezzar in the Old Testament had everything, right? King Nebuchadnezzar was the man. If he wanted to conquer a nation, they conquered a nation. 
If he wanted whatever, he just had it. He was in charge of everything, and he had the whole thing on lockdown, and he knew it. He knew he was the greatest king on the planet. But God wanted him to understand that he was not God, that anything he had was because Jehovah let him have it. That's it. So God gives Nebuchadnezzar a dream. And then he gives Daniel the, the gift of prophecy to interpret that dream. So he gives Daniel a dream that will be to help Nebuchadnezzar so that Nebuchadnezzar will praise God rightly. Well, he doesn't. Nebuchadnezzar is walking around his palace one day, and he looks at everything he has, and he goes, I am awesome. And then the next thing he knows for like, I forget what the time is, I think it's like seven years, he's crawling around on all fours like a wild beast eating grass. And one day it says in Daniel chapter 4, verses 34 and 35, it says, But at the end of those days, I, Nebuchadnezzar, looked up to heaven. My sanity returned to me. Then I praised the Most High and honored and glorified him who lives forever. For his dominion is an everlasting dominion, and his kingdom is from generation to generation. All the inhabitants of the earth are counted as nothing, and he does what he wants with the army of heaven and the inhabitants of the earth. There is no one who can block his hand or say, Why, what have you done? Again, the, the, the gift of prophecy was given to Daniel because Daniel was loved by God. And that gift was to be used for Nebuchadnezzar to help him see God rightly. And when Nebuchadnezzar does see God rightly, all of a sudden his, his sanity comes back to him for a moment and he starts to praise God. And here's part of that, and this is, this is just a little sidetrack. Praise is important. All right, and I, I want to be very, very careful with this. I'm not saying that praise fixes everything. Mental health is real. Anxiety is real. Depression is real. Physical ailments are real. Right? All of these things, these are real things. But praise is real too. And I think sometimes the problem in the church is a praise problem, not a mental problem. Sometimes, sometimes, again, don't walk away and think I'm throwing out blanket statements that go too far. Sometimes I think our problem is that we're not seeing God rightly, so we're messed up. We're, we're trying to put ourselves in the driver's seat. We're sitting on the throne trying to dictate everything, and then we're getting overwhelmed with how complicated it is to run this entire universe by ourselves when that's not what we're called to do. Nebuchadnezzar had a praise problem. When he fixed that, things started working out rightly. And sometimes the praise problem, when we fix that, it helps us see what we need to do to fix the other problems that we have. The spiritual gifts are for your good. Because again, being used by God is, is one of the most amazing things in the world. There's nothing better to know that you are accepted and loved by God. You're for others healing because you've been given gifts to share with others. They're gifts. You, we receive them to give them away. To bring others hope and healing and life. And for God's glory, because in the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father in heaven. That's the purpose of the gifts. That's why we have them. First and foremost, like I said, is because God wants you to know that he loves you. And what better way to know that you're loved than to, give a, to get a gift from someone? 
I, um, I'm not really big on gift giving. I'm really bad at it. Um, I'm so bad at buying gifts, my wife will tell you. At Christmas every year, I once, I forget when it was, it was a long time ago, I went and I, I bought her Christmas presents, and I was so proud of myself. Oh, I shouldn't have been, but I was so proud of myself. Oh, I was feeling peachy king. And then I started going, I don't think any of these are good. None of these are good. These are all bad gifts. So I, it was like, I don't know, five days before Christmas. Maybe we're still living in time. And I was like, all right, I'm just going to tell you what I got you, okay? So I put it all on the table. And she's like, well, thank you for thinking about me. (laughs) I don't blame her. They were stupid. They were horrible. Bad gifts. So moving forward, what we did is every year I tell her, why don't you just tell me what you want, and that is what I will buy you. And every once in a while, I surprise her with like $200 cash. And I'm like, here. (laughs) Because cash is my love language. And so I just give it to her. Because I don't want to give her a gift card somewhere. Because if I give her a gift card to Target, she's going to buy groceries or, you know, whatever. No, no, here's cash, right? That's that's what's going to go the furthest. My point is this, is God doesn't do that. He doesn't give you a gift and then go, oh, man, Lucy, I don't know if you're really going to like this one. No, he creates her, knows everything about her, and then gives her a gift that is perfectly suited to her personality, her history, her life, and the calling that he has called her to. It is an absolutely perfect gift because God is not building, God is building a body, not an organization, not an institution, not a business, but a body where everyone has a part. Dr. Charles Stanley said, as God's children, we are not observers. We are to participate actively in the Lord's work. Spectators sit and watch, but we are called to use our spiritual gifts to serve continually. He gave you a gift because he loves you and because he wants you to use it. 1 Peter 4, 10 and 11 says, as each has received a gift, use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's varied grace. Whoever speaks is one who speaks the oracle of God. Whoever serves is one who serves with the strength that God supplies in order that in everything God may be glorified through Jesus Christ. To him belong glory forever and ever. When we use our gifts, we start to build a symphony. When everybody plays their part, we start to build something that the world needs. When we all use the gift that God gave us, we start to build something that can't be anywhere else in this world because it only comes by God. And I beg of you, do not waste the gift that God has given you.
we all use our gift, when we all play the part that we're called to play, something beautiful happens that can never happen alone. I've told my wife for years, the one thing I think I really want written on my tombstone is he lived. But in order to do that, I've got to follow Jesus with everything I've got, and I've got to give him everything I've got, and that includes taking the gifts that he's given me, even the ones maybe, maybe sometimes it's like, I don't, I don't want to use that gift today, Jesus. He says, I gave it to you for a reason. So don't waste it. We're going to have prayer. We're going to have people up front, and we'll have people out back. If you need prayer, if you need to pray into who is Jesus, or if you need to pray into, God, help me use the gifts that you've given me, I beg you, ask for prayer, because God is calling some people up here to pray because they want to use their gift of intercession for you. So respond as the Lord leads.